Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone. I'm extremely excited, as always, for not only, again, Chapter 2, Episode 2, whatever you want to call it, of Curiosis Animus, but I'm very, very humbled and honored that, of course, Scott has is with us again, as, of course, I believe this was Scott's uh, idea for the series, but we are also joined here today uh, by our great friend, Dan. How you doing, brother? And please, whether it's Dan or Scott, let us know uh, what we're going to be discussing. The floor is yours, guys. We're going to talk about a bunch of different things today. It's going to bounce around a little bit, but uh, being that Dan has a history in music and, and frankly, I'm uh, musically illiterate. Dan's a skilled musician. I think he'll be able to put some of this, uh, put a different perspective on some of this. So I'm just kind of figuring some of this out, but it makes sense to me. Um, cymatics is the study of images through vibration, right? And so as that, uh, I'm going to get into what we see here on the screen, right? I am screen sharing, or do I have to pull that up? Uh, you'll have to share it up. All right, Peachy. Bang this out real quick. We are sharing the screen. This is uh, Bobby McFerrin on the power of the pentatonic scale. And what I found really, really interesting about this video when I first found it, maybe a little over a year ago, is this, uh, this gentleman was able to get an audience to interact like a chorus based on his body movements with the pen. Power, the uh, pentatonic scale. So let's get right into this real quick. Oh, we could not have audio because I didn't hit the button. Audio. Talking about expectations. Expectations. Watch. Ba, ba.
interesting to me about that is, regardless of where I am, anywhere, every audience gets that. But it doesn't matter, you know, that's just, you know, the pentatonic scale for some reason. If you're looking for a job in neuroscience, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
wherever that 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 gentleman goes and he he does that it's almost as if again it speaks to a sort of dare i say memory within us that sort of is allows us to work collectively as as a collective consciousness or group that just knows intrinsically how to do it and when again when you ask in a logic common sense way probably to these people how did you know what to hum and all that an answer would probably i'd put my money on you know i don't know i just i try i just i just felt it you know so yeah oh please like who doesn't listen to music and tap their feet or sway or dance or whatever feels natural because uh being that we 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 are vibrating matter right uh, why would you not feel music you know uh you put a lot of bass on it it can even feel like it's hard to breathe sometimes i've seen all kinds of things happen in those uh demonstrations of super bassy cars it's like entrainment i think scott it's like um when you take a vibrating fork and a non-vibrating fork you bring the vibrating fork near the non-vibrating fork the non one starts to pick up on that um frequency and such that speaks to oh my gosh thank you for bringing that up dan because that speaks to um the uh, the dark uh, the dark web findings chapter two when i brought up the individual um forgot his name there but a parapsychologist who was able to heal or at least um destroy particular uh damaging cancer cells in individuals that were uh you know dying sadly of or suffering from severe cancer and he had to get close to them physically in order to help them and his bioresonant field that he emitted did not affect the positive cells so it didn't have any negative effects on the cells that were needed but it had substantial effects on destroying the cancer cells exclusively and i can't help but think that speaks to again the two circles overlapping toroid fields coming together to create more of a collective empowerment of of whether it's you know music harmonics uh you name it but yeah no absolutely we have um let's see here oh, not there yet not there yet either come on where are we at no uh, i have another little video of a gentleman who is playing the pentagon pentatonic while you're doing that, Scott, I just have to mention the circle of fifths. It's a shape that I even have tattooed on my hand. It's the building blocks of like traditional music. And it's this, it, it, it's the seven, it's five. It's more credence to the fact that these build, these numbers have something to them. The number seven and five on the building blocks. of Okay, that's interesting. Um, Scott, while you're looking for that, brother, you mind if I share my screen? I wish you would. I'm just trying to move this guy here. Yeah. Right, here we are. No problem. No problem. So I wanted to bring up. Um, okay, this is interesting. This speaks to something called um, non covalent binding. And I want to bring that up non covalent bonds or interactions. And I find this interesting because hold on a second. I just want to bring up the sketchboard here on my end. Okay, so what we'll find here is let's see, and I don't mean to detract from what you guys have uh, uh, planned. Um, we see a non-covalent interaction differs from a covalent bond in that it does not involve the sharing of electrons, but rather involves more dispersed variations of electromagnetic interactions between molecules or within a molecule. This speaks to that sort of space in between space type thing and the, the macro, the micro, whether you zoom in or out, you have that, that, that constant, um, 
harmonic state there. Now, maybe the state is a little bit different in different you know, states and all that, but we can then speak to that potentially being what we call vibration, right? The different states of harmonics are you know, operating at different rates. And then, you know, we can replace the word operating with vibrating, but we see here the chemical energy released in the formation of non-covalent interactions is typically on the order of one to five, let's see, uh, kcal moles, 1,000 to 5,000 calories. Per this is, okay, not to just pick things randomly here, but we'll find again, there's the, the number five, one to five. Well, what we'll also find here is that non-covalent interactions are critical in maintaining the three-dimensional structure of large molecules, such as proteins and nucleic acids. This speaks to me. Okay. In addition, they are also involved in many biological processes in which large molecules bind specifically but transiently to one another. There, these interactions also heavily influence drug design, crystallinity, the design of materials, particularly for self-assembly, and in general, the synthesis of many organic molecules. Whoa, okay. I may this be off here, but have you seen that video where they fire two toroidal uh, uh, shapes of dye at one another, they impact and then turn into 90 degree toroids of the same color? I don't think I've seen, actually, I'm... I, is it in a, in a laboratory, this video? It is. And it was redone by uh, another gentleman. I, I can't recall who. Uh, okay. When, when it says hydrophobic effects, I can't help but correlate that. And I don't know if that's accurate or not. But Very interesting point, because I think I know what you're speaking on. But what, what's interesting before um, I, I hand the floor back to you guys is I find here, um, let's see, for example, going back to, hold on, let's see very quickly. Let's actually hold on. Let's start a, a new one here. This concept of the one second of again, like you were saying, Scott, this concept of oops, here we are. There. Again, things starting within one state, right? Entropy, entropically, randomness in a vicinity, which we can argue is not as, as random as we're led to believe or attempted to be led to believe, which then splits into another, again, a circle. Um, and then there's that oversecting, which speaks to if you have a person that is emitting said circle or toroid field, you then have that ability for them to collectively work together and integrate naturally, if you will. And now what's interesting too, is that again, if we keep drawing circles, no matter which direction we take this, what we're gonna have is eventually at some point, whether it's going to be a, a you know a quote unquote beautiful or semi messed up one, it's it still would be you know the flower of life. That same concept. Now, what I find interesting is that again, going back to the non covalent bonds, is that you know what I gather from all this guy's big picture, wh whether it's with geometry or DNA, it speaks to this again that I want to bring up. And Scott, I have to directly thank you for this because if it wasn't for you asking for a visual explanation on a Zoom call a while ago, I wouldn't have done this. But the idea is that, again, there are many versions of what we can call our higher selves, other parts of our subconscious that we may be disconnected from, that we are supposed to be connected to. Something, again, not to say in my humble perspective for better or worse, but something has come along and said to us here, for example, so hold on, actually, yeah, to us down here, this is all there is right over here. Now, what's interesting, though, 
is that we can see based on, in my opinion, the building blocks of the non-covalent and harmonics and particularly with the with the video you showed, we can see again that there we have what we can, I'm using this word carefully, we can access our lower selves, so to speak, and that might be okay, what does that mean? We can access the one dimensional version of ourselves, the two dimensional version of ourselves, the three dimensional version of ourselves. But then the second it goes to expanding and building upwards, there's all of a sudden a block or a limit. And that limit has been described to us as I think the speed of light, when it is not really a limit, but it is rather like a door that is painted the same color as the rest of the wall. We've thought this whole time it's just a, it's just a wall when really you just got to walk close enough to realize, hold on, it's a door. Let's turn the handle and open it. So again, there seems to be something that's preventing us in that regard from not necessarily knowing about it, but rather accessing it after we obtain said knowledge. But again, that's what speaks to me in terms of like how wherever that guy goes, the harmonics are the same. The, people seem to just intuitively know that those harmonics could be, again, a, a form of synchronicity, because it's almost as if from the third, uh, the 3D version of your conscious or subconscious or both, it's telling this, the 2D and 1D versions of yourselves, okay, we're all in sync here. But the second it starts trying to go upwards into, again, crossing into 4D, 5D, 6D, you name it, there's an issue, sort of like, again, something is saying, no, too bad, and cutting it right down the middle to the point where this blocking goes. And what do we have here again? The DNA double helix, the, the Naga, the whole thing. So anyways, that's my, that's just what I interpreted uh, from, from what you really presented so well. So that's, that's my thing. You're, you're on it, man. So, I mean, if we have uh, seven chakras and there's seven notes or, or, or vibratory states of that, right? The five in the middle are going to be more intrinsic maybe you don't have to be as connected to earth or heaven maybe those are just more in the here and now oops here and now than anything else and that's that, just a that's wild it. speculation right right no that's interesting because if that is in the here and now we can argue that it's connected but also disconnected from the rest simultaneously because there needs to be a connection in order for a disconnection to occur but that speaks to the spooky action at a distance in physics so it's all like it gets real yeah yeah to your point yeah uh here's another little video if everybody will bear with me for a minute this guy uh i chose guitar because do what you know while i can't read music i can play guitar a little bit and so that this makes some sense where he starts playing some things out are we sharing the video here or no three no okay here we go coming there we go then the sixth is fine. And normally the seventh would be right here. You're going to leave that out. And that's your five notes. And then you can go back to the octave two. So you have one, two, three, five, six, one. You hear my girl right there? With that in mind, let's go ahead and jump into this first major pentatonic scale shape. And we're just going to kind of work our way up the fretboard with all these five shapes. So start down here with your middle finger on this G root note, since we're going to be in the key of G major. And all these five major pentatonic scale shapes, all five of them have just two notes per string. So I'll be giving you some technique tips to get through these as we learn them. 
So you're going to play third fret with your middle finger. Two notes per string. Fifth fret with your pinky on that low Reduce, E. Yes. Next string over and the string after that, actually, the A and D strings have the same shape or the same pattern. So play the second fret and fifth fret with your first and fourth fingers. And the exact same thing on the next string. And the more you can see patterns like this that repeat in scales, the faster it's going to make it for you to memorize scale shapes. So, so far you have. And as we go through these, you know, you can play legato with hammer-ons and pull-offs. Or you can pick every note too if you want. It's really up to you. Wow. So I just wanted to give a little little taste of that right there because um, being that shapes are what everything that we perceive is made out of, right? Um, I think that plays a role. And so so into getting into shapes, unless, unless Dan, you got something you want to drop in, we can start playing around with some other stuff too. No, I'm just thinking and digesting what you're showing here. Um, the minor, there's three notes per um, string though, when you bring in the minor and when you bring in the blues note, which is the, the devil's note, that other interval, which is like, that's it, also a third note on a string typically. I mean, you can play it on a string, but you know, it's a third note. So I'm just thinking how like it, how that's the major as the two and then the minor that brings in a, a three. I'm just, just, just listening. <laughs> so, so Dan, why don't, because you're more educated in this subject, could you break down a little bit where whole notes and half notes is? Because the difference between the major scale and the pentatonic scale is that it is not using the two whole note whole notes that are actually half notes. You know what I mean? From B to C and from E to F. It's like one, one, one. It's whole, 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 half, half for the major scale. From the top, I have to kind of refer to my notes but putting me on the spot, I do recall that for the major scale, it's a whole step, whole step, whole step, half step, half step. And um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not fully grasping a connection at the moment, but I, I do know just specifically that's what the relation is for the notes. It is a whole step from, like you said, C to D, and then another whole step, whole step, and then two half steps at the end of that scale. So that's one, two, three, four, five, five different uh, interval relationships at least. So folks who don't know music theory, in myself included, I don't know music theory. I'm ignorant pretty much. But I do know that a flat and a sharp is the same thing. It is a half way between whole notes. So if you cover half the distance, that is a flat or a sharp, depending on what you want to call it. Just like a, a do, half a dozen or six, same thing. Okay, this is now, I before we move on, uh, there's one last thing that I, I interpreted this as, and again, this is just me shooting, you know, spitting ideas out here, but what we see here, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the, the G major pentatonic scale, right, Dan? Okay, so what we see here is that, of course, again, maybe I'm taking this a little too literally, but it, you look at the, uh, forgive me, what's it, the, is it called the, the arm of the guitar where the strings are? The head, uh, that would the be head. the head. Thank you. Okay. We see again, the head is residing on what seems to be whether coincidentally or not, um, by the nature of the geometry of this, this reality, on top of a grid similar to a, again, space time metric grid in that same regard. That's what I find to be interesting. Now, equally as much, though, is that we find again, each square 
or each part of the grid has a representation within it harmonically that is the space between space and if we zoomed in enough in in, a, in a, to a real guitar really you would see the same fractal scale down of those vibrational squares at smaller states now what i find interesting is that when we go back to mr uh, peter chema's um concept here of his jitterbug and we'll play this really quickly is that I find it really, really interesting that no matter the extent in which these, here we go, in which these pentatonic states seem to operate in, it uses squares, triangles, circles to cymatically vibrate collectively while, again, doing what's called, I believe, um, a topological form. And now what I mean by that is, let's pause this, let's look up in real time, the definition of topology, and you'll see where I'm going with this in a second, um, is the study of a given space, especially the history of a region. Uh, let me see, hold on, let me get the Wikipedia one. It is concerned with the properties of a geometric object that are preserved under continuous deformations, such as stretching, twisting, crumpling, and bending, that is, without closing holes, opening holes, tearing, gluing, or passing through itself. And I think that is the concept of what we see here. And I think that is what, dare I say, quote unquote, needs to happen harmonically when someone is playing, for example, again, a guitar, you know, the, the G major pentatonic scale, because any harmonics that would, dare I say, uh, quote unquote, touch the light spectrum that we're not privy to, all of a sudden, that's when you start seeing what we call phenomenon. That would be my... Dave, uh, type in real quick topographical map. You're going to like this. Sure. Topographical map. Okay. Start, but I'm not so fortunate. <laughs> right. And th this All is right. the... Thank you. There we go. And this is the, the concept. Again, you have the grid. You have not only that, but let's let's take it one step further thank you scott so we see here the grid but now let's take the grid with different forms of elevation in density now all right so now let's go each each line usually if i'm not mistaken if i remember my my land navigation courses right each line represents 10 feet in elevation. right so what right exactly so let's take for example let's start with this image first we see a basic grid but then there's a way that the grid sort of like a rolling a ball on a bed, a bowling ball on a bed or something like this can be indented or something of the sort. Speaking of, again, mass, gravity, potential energy and space time distortion, that would then lead to something like this, which would then lead to something like this warping the field, which would then lead, in my opinion, to that expansion, compression, contraction in the space time metric identical if we scale down to the alleged Roswell memory foil, where no matter how much you crumpled it, it re-embedded it to, to the state that it was in using, again, triangles, cubes, squares, the, the basic, what we call, you know, sacred geometry to not only do, and the fact that I'm even limited to show what could be done because we're looking at a 2D screen. And even if it was 3D it would be more difficult to show, which is why I'm grateful for Mr. Chema's uh, uh, model here, because we'll see again, in my opinion, that that's exactly what's happening. What we're seeing here is applied to the space time metric density. 
in a way that is topologically working to not bend twist outside of itself itself because then if it did that it would open up the this right over here uh not only the ability that oh what we think is air and rock or just denser met uh, vibrational metrics it would open up the possibility to again the where was i the cutting off or the splicing of the our different higher selves consciousnesses you name it right drawing that red line right there so again just just i'm just to be clear i'm just shooting the shit here just exploring ideas but uh i just want to bring that up before we we moved on but um you guys want to jump in on that or um i don't i don't have anything further to weigh in on the, the topology no problem that's about it uh let me see here what's going on seeing your hand share screen there we go and go back up let's move on to other fun stuff so shapes right geometry basic properties of 3d shapes here right numbers of faces so sorry hold edges. on we're, we're, we're looking we're moving into shapes now right okay. so uh initially i was thinking about uh music so you can also find triads right you know a thirst first third and fifth notes in a chord kind of stuff um wherein i started finding some of the, the shapes because like i said i can't actually read music i just have to revert to um, tabs and so i find shapes on the guitar neck to be easier for me to to learn than actually learning music classically and so by by not being classically educated it lets me play around with some other stuff not that i'm any particular good quick quick question guys a genuine question to both of you could we argue as an example metaphorically that the when you take a uh, uh when you're tuning i think that's the, the term um a string on the guitar neck if you have to, you know, find that sort of right, um, I don't know what the word is, that right cadence or rhythm that you want to tune it to in order to be in synchronicity with the other strings to play the, the, the song that you would like to play. I wonder if there could, because of harmonics and vibrations, if there would be a correlation to a harmonic ripple in someone's, say, aura, plasma, you name it, or in their, their blood lineage that could create what we call trauma. Sort of like when you're tuning a guitar string. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not tuned in sync with the other strings at all. So kind of like when you strum it, it, everything sounds nice, except for that one string. And you're like, God damn it. But that again, metaphorically would be a representation of trauma. Oh, damn, that's, Dave. that's huge. Yeah. That, that applies very heavily to what, what, what I would consider I'm learning and doing the shaman work as far as um, dealing with um, past trauma and how it, it, it creates a ripple effect and a, and a resulting, um, feeling and like uh there's imprints and like how like somebody could say something and it could it, uh, uh, pull back something from I, I mean i'm not saying i know this but from another lifetime i'm, I'm just for purposes of this conversation let's say that there's 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 like uh, like you're like a guitar string you and there's many lifetimes maybe on that string like there's a frequency and like like you mentioned dave when you cut that chord how severe that is to like like suicide like how that how how, how big that is and that's part of this work too and i think there's a, a energy source that, that wants people to do that and there's a name for it and um they've had it a, a name for it since like the 1900s and it's it, and it's what it does is it separates one from its higher self basically right. to what you're saying it's it's just another uh, vocabulary or way to describe it it's just the way that the ancients did it in the mountains of peru from from my study so it's it's this is beautiful it, it, it applies very much so 
Would you get into that a little bit? Because that's some pretty interesting stuff. And rather than starting getting into like light bending and the shape of the universe and stuff, I'd, I'd love to start digging into some of that stuff because it's fascinating. Also, so, I will be right back. And so sure. there's, a, there's a man um, named, or a woman named Simone Way who wrote a book in the 1900s about this energy source. And she, they just described it as this source that was like a trickster energy that would um, separate oneself from its higher self. Um, my my teacher calls it the song of life how like there's a song of life and that's um, everybody has um, has that now it doesn't take that away like you can't destroy it but it separates the connection to it so like if you were to read one's chakras for example and they had this energy interlay over top of them there would be a repeating pattern that one could test and see it would be all chakras spinning uh, uh, open all spinning opposite then all still and a pattern of three and it repeats over and over and over forever and ever. And what you're reading here is that uh, alleged energy sources of chakra patterns are not the person's. Uh, what uh, a practicing shaman can do is then uh, do the necessary techniques to remove through different methods of drums, through breathing, through um, feathers, th different sort of cord cutting, mental work, and um, remove that overlay and allow that, the, the and then do what I would call an illumination and put an, um, light and love back into the chakras, get them all flowing, and then test. And this test, keep testing until finally that it, um, it reads uh, like the person's chakras again. Now this energy will come back and it's like each day the task begins anew and it's super trickster and it's super annoying i've only really had honestly uh two or three experience with it because i've been practicing over like a couple sorry months. Dan, what's it called again the chakra what did you refer to it as the uh, so the word is watiko in the peruvian language and another word that my teacher calls it is morjigal he wrote a book and he just needed to call it something he didn't put a name to it but the traditional name is watiko w-e-t-i-k-o and that's the uh, that's the traditional name for. Could we when... could we call this chakra healing of sorts or chakra tuning or something like this? Absolutely, absolutely, okay. yeah. It, there's so many ways to look at it. Like I think it's more of like getting back to like a homeostasis or a, just a connection to one's higher self, the song of the soul. Also, would you like to plug your educator? Uh, his name is Peter Boniker. He learned from Alberto Valaldo, um, who, who started the, this place called The Four Winds. So my direct educator is Peter Boniker. He uh, just became into eldership in his life where he had uh, got the message where he needs to teach this. And when the teacher was ready, when the student is ready and all these things, synchronicity came into line where I was, I had done my work. I've been doing it for like two and a half years and this opportunity presented to myself. Now I have free will to choose to take this opportunity or to not to take it. And I chose to follow up with this work, which has been, I, I used to call myself superstitious. Now I'm just stitious because weird shit starts happening around like TV's turning on and stuff. And I'm just like, all right, that's just what, you know, spirit, whatever. I'm just, I, I'm, this is my life now. <laughs> I like that a lot, being superstitious. But the thing is, is that you took this the super out of stitious. Now I'm just stitious. Yeah, I like that, man. That's really good. I might even put that in the title of the episode. Seriously, that that's that's awesome. Um, Scott, did you want to jump in at all? Man, I, so that yeah. Well, I do and I don't because that was so so beautiful and eloquent that it kind of deserves to be left alone. Um, so so Dan, like let me let me in your in your healing stuff so with trauma like i the way i'm learning and understanding it is that uh it it is a necessary evil in order for one to kind of grow and evolve as a person by taking those struggles and stripes and facing those things and eventually growing from them 
So one of the um, analogies that I like to give to a lot of people is that if you help the butterfly out of its chrysalis, it will not have developed the muscle strength to fly, right? And so, so without these hard lessons, it's, it's harder to move forward. And while they may be unpleasant, knowing that they are hard lessons can make them far more bearable. Oh, absolutely. And you're not saying that it's not possible to pass the test without that. It's you can still do it without the hard lesson. And maybe it's but I think uh, like organically, universally law, it'll catch up to you eventually not paying maybe the harder, the harder, the harder, or just just paying the due, like just paying the tab, I guess, for, for the skill or for, or for the, the thing that you're trying to acquire. Very cool. So Oh, if I could jump in, please. Uh, we see here the okay pertaining to the bending of light and you know mess you know messing or with space time and all that kind of stuff. What's interesting here is that again we see whether it's you know you want to flip this upside down or what have you. You got the toroid field, the 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 diglock, the bell shape. You got the vortex. You know dan winter's spiral all of that kind of stuff but what i find quite interesting here is that we see again going back to the example of the guitar string concept imagine each green node here which if you look closely enough they're also spirals themselves and then it it, it seems to be scalable right you zoom into those spirals is it they're comprised of smaller ones and yada yada but the point is is that imagine if one of these say where my mouse is here represents that uh, a guitar neck just a, one string on the guitar neck and the center here it, it represents the the what would you call the knobs to tune them forgive me i'm not a i don't know the tuners term. tuners or a thank fret you. you could call each one of those a fret because it's an intersecting uh string and uh fret which is like a linear okay so that's how you get your notes and your octaves and it increases right or decreases depending on where which direction you're moving Okay, thank you. Now let's let's take let's run with that example. Now, of course, there's the thing of just, you know, cutting the string. And again, if we speak to the concept of free will, maybe perhaps, um, if it is an artificial string or a mirrored string, it could give the perception to our subconscious of being cut, which would then create more of a spiral of negativity, ergo depression, things like this. But assume let's put that aside for a second. Let's presume the string cannot be cut because that would imply free will being destroyed or, or you know, any of this. And dare I say, that's not something we would probably want to even pursue at this moment. But the point would be that instead of cutting it, you can bend it just like a light wave. Now, what's interesting, however, is that if we go to academic.oup.com, the bending of light and lensing uh, in modified gravity, this was in August 2009, in yep, yep. our modified gravity theory or MOG was used successfully in the past to explain a range of astronomical and cosmological observations, including galaxy rotation curves, the cosmic microwave background acoustic peaks and the galaxy mass power spectrum. Okay, MOG was also used successfully to explain the unusual features of the bullet cluster, uh, whatever they labeled this without exotic dark matter. Again, so see even in this in the propagandization of it, in my opinion, the alleged propaganda i gotta say for youtube they didn't replace dark with exotic they just put exotic in front of dark so uh, it's explorable but it's uh, it's 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 dark so i don't know it gives that negative connotation but uh, point being is that we see here in particular we derive equations for light bending and lensing now if we follow the the proposal of uh, alexei Novitsky saying that it is not space that is expanding and contracting it is our perception 
relative to, again, quantum physics, a reality is only as real as the individual observing it. Just like when Dan Winter says, he goes, when you, um, let me stop sharing for a second. In one of his lectures, I like what he said. He goes, when you hug your partner or loved one or what have you, you don't hug them like this. You hug them like this. That's compression. Exactly. That's that's in physics tensors, quaternion notion. That's the, the expansion, expansion, then compression. Now, here's what's interesting. I like to pull up um, on my screen here an academic paper from this was a while ago. Uh, let's see. Hold on a second. Actually, wait. No, I don't need to. I can share it as a file. Had I known earlier, I would have uh, pulled it up much quicker. But here we go. Now, this is when it gets interesting, in my opinion, because we see here 12 strand DNA morphogenetic engineering via hollow fractal morphogenetic reprogramming of genetic information. Now, again, there's the splicing and replacing, which is, you know, we've coined as CRISPR, but if we apply that in the sense of uh, harmonics and light waves, going back to that image we were looking at, again, what would be the difference? Now, we see here, uh, DNA modifications through remote intention. Now, what's interesting about this is, this is an academic paper, by the way, but biological non-locality, meaning that we are everywhere and nowhere simultaneously. So if we are everywhere and nowhere simultaneously, then to what extent, if we head back to this right over here, um, hold on a second real quick. Is this the one? Yes. To what extent... When we look at this image, could there actually be some type of manipulation occurring within the micro of the, the, the metaphorical guitar string? So that, let me show you here, what we see within those strings, when you zoom in, are, is topology in a geometric sense occurring if this video would play, but you guys know what I'm saying. In this, in this regard, within those string states. So you have literal, um, how can I explain it? Spirals within spirals within spirals, which is not bad at all. However, it seems as though there seems to have been some type of, again, limit or ceiling, so to speak, which we could probably say is the, what we call the speed of light as a limit. Nothing can go faster than it, or nothing can go as fast as the speed of light or anything like this which would then imply, again, a control structure within the reality that we're living in that we call reality, where the, the structure exists within the light waves we cannot see, feel, um, hum, you name it, and absorb and interpret, but it's right there in front of us while also not being, um, I guess you could say, um, explainable to, what, to our five senses or what's called the, the five observables. So sorry, I didn't mean to get on a whole tangent there, but I, I hope you you guys see what I'm saying, or am I just rambling? You're no, saying I, you're saying the sun sounds beautiful. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the idea. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. That's what I'm trying to, to get at. But there is a lot to that. I think it was very profound. I had a question for you for a quick quickly to, for that example. Those um, um, strings that are straight that are going down into the hole. Are you saying that there's actually more look more like a waveform? Like there's a waveform within the waveform? Like it's you know how it's it's right. It's uh, well again. I'm just saying. Uh, actually, hold on. Let me share my screen one more time. It's a. 
uh, again, and I'm just I'm not saying this is what is just exploring. I'm just proposing that it could be something of uh, let's go to the sketch pad here. It could be literally this right over here. It is both a string or straight line sort of bending inwards while at the same time also being a wave as well simultaneously sort of like an academic like where they say with gravity right is it a wave or a particle i think it's both and neither because it speaks to that spooky action at a distance and that speaks to zero point energy so zero point energy seems to show that no matter how much you shrink the temperature or shrink the environment around you down to scale, there's that energy that remains at zero point, which speaks to, again, the ancient Egyptian symbol of the, you know, infinity symbol, no matter, and that speaks to, again, the two circles of duality over top each other, right? Um, and so now, no matter how much you shrink the, the, the room down into, you have this zero point energy remaining. So to your question, Dan, say, for example, okay, we look into whether the orange vibrational part of the of the of the string or the purple part you have spirals that inhabit more of both this collapsing the wave and the wave itself uh, all squiggly uh, lined if you will but what you then have is even more so when let me actually just change the colors here what you have speaking to the non-covalent connection before is a particular bonding at the point in which the frequencies touch each other you see what I'm saying? Whereas over here, there's there's nothing because there's no touching point, which speaks to, again, what you could call energy nodes, right? What you could call chakras, what you could call what, whatever you want to call it, right? So that would be three, four, right? Five, six, seven. No, there's, there's your seven notes and half notes, notes right? and half notes. There's your right now. Let's take this and let's just turn it vertically. There's your there's and let's put a. um. I'm just going to do a sideways stick person real quick. There's your human body. Literally, that's the that's the now again, this is one just a proposal of many. I'm sure I made many leaps scientifically that the equations still have to figure out and all that. But, it, you know, uh, that would be, I think, generally the 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 gist of it. So that's my 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 two cents there on that. Seems like a good hypothesis, which is just an educated guess. You're making the best uh path you can on the information you have right right i appreciate it dan please yeah. i feel for you trying to draw that because it clicked for me for a second i'm like you can't draw that in 3d so right. you need to like think like you got to change you got to unlearn what you have learned and now you got to think about it in this sense that's like like the whole way like that just change the perspective like the angle of which you view at it and just such, like, like the Tribonacci sequence right it's it's more difficult to produce than it is to prove if you could produce it you can then prove it exists but I think that again, this environment that we're in is the limiting factor there. And that limiting factor that we're told is an impossible factor is going faster than the speed of light. Which is just a threshold or a doorway or a sealed doorway. Is I think it's just more, a, I, I more of, yeah. right. I think it's sort of like when you got a door that is painted the same color as the rest of the room or the wall, and you think it's not even a door isn't even there, but you just got to walk close enough into it to, or up to it to realize, oh shit, there's a knob and I can open it. Right. <laughs> this conversation is fantastic. This is good stuff. I appreciate you coming on with us, Dan. This is rad. Thank yeah. You for having me, guys. Kidding me? This is great. This is great. Um, any other uh, topics to, to jump to by chance that we can make yeah. some Indeed. correlations with? Awesome.
so we're going to play a little bit real quick since we got you already start you jumped ahead of me a little bit with the bending and stuff so uh, a lot of kids play with prisms as 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 young scientists and whatnot it's usually a small piece of uh some form of plastic or or whatnot and what it does is it's a three three angled cylinder right here we have uh right over here a triangular prism which is probably the most common uh, that we see and what does the prism do is it will take light in from one angle it will change it and out spits uh, the whole spectrum of color that we perceive right the whole rainbow spectrum once again the rainbow spectrum also interesting over here next to it we have six faces and we got the cube and that's a whole another discussion for for another time and then over here we have another prism i didn't know initially before today, actually, that there were more than one kind of prism. And when I found that the cylinder is also a prism, I immediately made the uh, mental connection that our entire solar cell, ooh, wait, hang on one more. Right, here we go. Why is the expansion of the universe always drawn like a cylinder, right? So because it's, four-dimensional it is continuing to expand uh to to surmise this article here so you have the initial spot and then you have continual growth and as it continues to grow it expands and so while the two ends are not symmetrical they are in fact so that was fun if i could jump in real quick if the okay so this cylinder here again this speaks to again the cone the expansion intention you name it all of it is one and the same with respects to its connection and all of that but okay i noticed something here very uh in my opinion very adamant that stood out now uh, if i could share my screen real quick if that's cool uh scott i'll put here all right you guys could see this my whiteboard no okay hold on that's why hold on we got to do there we go cool all right you guys can see this now sweet thank you okay so to speak on that cylinder concept that speaks to the paradox of increasing of going up but not increasing in height giving the illusion which speaks in other regards to sort of like to string theory uh, in science that it, it, there's been a, a theory about string theory thrown around lately that if you wanted to stagnate the field deliberately but make it appear as if you were making progress while breaking no new ground string theory would be the way to do it the same way in which it appears as though we seem to be quote unquote evolving within the respective orbits of our planets but really again there's a ceiling that an artificial drywall ceiling that's been implemented so that we cannot rise but we are being given the illusion that we're rising. So what it would be is that just not what it, what it could be rather based on the cylinder there is that we're being told whether it's linear, again, we're moving forward or we're moving upwards to give the illusion of ascension and growth and all of this while we're distracted by, you know, day-to-day -day world problems, whether on the local or, or global level in the physical, you then have the concept of, again, the cylinder you see how that it goes straight through all of them and this seems to also speak to again harmonic oscillation right and so we are the idea would be is that we are being given the illusion that we are moving in a particular direction but not increasing to in the height of that direction so essentially that that would that would give the um the best example i could give from a film per se is the um 
we could uh you could say big picture grandfather paradox but also the um the inception staircase scene where it shows they're walking upwards but not increasing in height but the illusion is that they're walking they're they're making progress when really they're just going in circles just like a clock just like allegedly you know the zodiac wheel i gotta jump in real quick Dave. please please so so with that go back to your drawing board real quick if you were to take every other one of those and have a large circle followed by a small circle you would be following the whole note half note pattern right what makes music palatable to people is the sense of tension and then release, right? And so we have eras of expansion where we learn, and then we have eras of repression. We have the dark age and the golden age, so on, so forth. And one the can't exist repeats. without the other because you can't define one without knowing what the other's like. How about that shit? Wow. Did you, I, I'm not, I don't mean to put you on the spot, Dan, but did you want to jump in at all? I just completely agree. It's just, I think like it's not good or bad, neither of it. And it applies to like the, the Vedic tests with uh, Brahma and the idea of like, it, it breathes out a cycle and the Vishnu breathes it in. It, it replies to this, the waves and just the cyclical, cyclical nature of like this universe, how it's, it goes out and comes back in. I, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Expansion, uh, compression, uh, contraction, uh, hugging somebody that that's a that's a very good point guys because that's like saying for example when you hug someone as we had brought up on the zoom call for those last night that were there relative to the day we're recording this we again you have to let go of the person you're hugging eventually or else you're going to kill them like you know you're going to squish them to, to death literally so it's the same thing with manifestation man if you spend too much time on focusing if you never let go of the arrow it can never reach its target wow that's yeah. a that's a I like that one big time. That speaks philosophically too to a lot of things. If you can't let the arrow go, it'll never reach its target because by definition, you haven't let it free. And how would you know what it would be like if it was, yeah, yeah, okay. This just, it just keeps, right, right. Wow, this is awesome. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> this is awesome, yeah. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off during your, your, your uh, presentation there. Peachy, bro. This is, this is all a journey. Uh, so, so now that we're playing with shapes, right? Uh, where were we before? Here we go. Um, right. So let's go back to the, the triangle, right? So in order to find somebody when they're, they're on the run, right? The law will use triangulation between cell towers oftentimes to find somebody's cell phone, right? It's also what used to be called low jack. They would take triangulation to try and find a car that was sending out a signal. So triangulation is on a 2d scale right, or a linear plane, what you can use to locate an object. You can three distant points and then you can find it within those three, right? Because otherwise it's only 2D and that's Pong, basically. Um, what we have here is the Chrysler symbol. And I find it uh, to be very unlikely that this is accidental. They have uh, three, uh, excuse me, five prisms, and when we go here, right? Oh, oops, sorry, no, not there, not there. Gosh, I don't even know if we're gonna get into that stuff yet. Let's see this thing. I'm screen sharing. Yes, I know I'm screen sharing. Scoot. Oh, cool, I can move it, beautiful. I'm sorry, folks. No, Still please, the, to this. you're talking to, trust me, it's taken me over a year to get used to the tab switching. You're not, don't worry, you're doing great. All right, uh, do, do, solar system, keep moving. 
right? So we have the Daimler Chrysler logo, which is, as I said already, um, five of these. Now the, sorry guys, I apologize in advance, even though this is, you're gonna be viewing this after we record. I must have dissolved it. Uh, when I was looking for, ah, uh, wait, prisms. Okay, so here we go. We'll scroll up because that's where it is. Here we have a pentagonal prism. So instead of base three, you have base five where you're bending light. Now, I don't know if you were to squirt light in, which is light versus dark in one end, you would get a larger spectrum out of five than you would out of three. So you get you squirt light into three, you get seven, right? You get the rainbow spectrum. If you were to squirt it into five, does more come out? Would we be able to perceive it? Probably not. The human eye has the red, blue, green cone setup. So uh, as, although uh, through my research, I have come across uh, a, a scientific fact that some women and women only can be tetrachromal, which means they have four cones they have an extra cone where they can discern more color than the average person this um anomaly is on the same lines that every calico cat is also female it's just the nature of the world uh, down here or this plane of demonstration so finding out that there is pentagonal prisms kind of blew my mind and uh yeah almost the so almost as if the pentagonal prism can actually expand and compress in a topological way where it doesn't actually have to affect any of the, of the other nodes while existing within it so that it gives the illusion that we actually may have some type of form of uh, ascension to be done, which we genuinely do, but it, it gives the illusion of progress while not actually making genuine progress in any aspect of life. And it can remain a prism if one end is smaller than the other. The cylinder is still a cylinder if one end is smaller than the other. A bell is still a cylinder. This thing is a cylinder. Equal, whatever. That's wow. equivocable. Dan, please. Uh, you guys just blew my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm holding a 32-sided crystal in my hand, which is a Vogel crystal. And I tested it. I'm like, I'm thinking about how like you could put light through it and there's probably more to see that's being cast, but we can't see it. And I was like, is there a filter? Is there a filter I can look through? Or is there like Daikin in glass that I could use to see to look through it? I was just, I was just geeking out over that. <laughs> that was cool. In, interesting that the, um, not to make sudden leaps and bounds here in, in, in potential connections, but interesting that the, um, the NSA program that was exposed by Snowden under the Obama administration was called PRISM. Again, pertaining to, you know, when you had to tap into uh, different, um, uh, devices, particularly those that were operating via fiber optic communication networks, because fiber optics use light waves to communicate, right? So it's almost as if, you know, again, everything we discussed here can definitely be applied, which seems to have been potentially applied in the, um, the, uh, the a system, a communication system that the White House uses called DEF, stands for Defense Enabling Assisted Framework. And it seems to use the same light wave spectrum to do that. However, those light waves move, go forward in time very quickly and then return back to ensure there's no, as I understand it, there's amongst other things, there are no potential issues in the relay of that particular uh, channel of communication. Again, it goes forward in time ever so slightly. 
but it speaks to the concept of, well, hold on, if it can go forward in time in, in just under a second, literally, as we perceive it, why can't that be scaled up or down? Why can't that be scaled to the macro? Now, when people, now the, the, the general answer will be, well, okay, you know, we don't have the tech for it, but you have the tech to do that. What's the, what's the difference? Because going back to the academic paper, if we are biologically non-local, to presume that the paper is, is correct in that regard, why would that not be applicable to light waves that comprise our, our very being? I don't know. Just the... It's a worthwhile question to contemplate if you have the time. That will never make it into the White House press room because... That is not... Not, no, 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 it will not. Boy, oh boy, let's not get there. Uh, so in another direction. So when I found out initially today that there were more than just triangular prisms out there right uh we also have square prisms right so you can you can bend light that in that manner rectangular pentagonal as we were and then hexagonal right and then you start turning the hexagon on its side it gets really interesting with as above so below we start playing with all that information uh let's see here uh do, do, do chemical dna let's get into the dna because it's really in our blood anyway Okay. Almost so, sorry, almost as if there's a, a crescendo that needs to occur within certain transition states because that speaks to the the compressing and expanding. But that speaks to like when you hug somebody, you gotta eventually let go. But there's a peak of that hug that right. Right. That, you really love them, but you, you hold on too long, it gets awkward. And but weird. the hug, the peak of that hug or the crescendo of that song is only giving that particular emotion or feeling because you know what that feeling is not like you well, see what i'm saying yeah or yeah. If they don't let go as well <laughs> or that <laughs> that that too very fair point yeah but sorry we're so we're okay we're jumping into into dna now i, I love this uh, uh scott please because well so i made this connection initially when i saw an image that was shared with the lou elizondo and Oh my goodness, what is her name? She's an old school reporter. She Linda Moulton Howe. Thank you very much. Linda Moulton Howe and Lou Elizondo, they broke it out and they shared this one particular image, which I have located elsewhere, not on this computer. And uh, I noticed that there, there was a pentagon in the chemical chain here. And I said, wait a minute, that's weird. And then I also noticed that some of the pentagons were pointing up with an angle and some were pointing down with an angle. I was like, that's really interesting and borderline occult. So to move forward with that, over here we have the sugar phosphate background. The DNA is a polymer made up of units called nucleotides. And these nucleotides are made up of three different components as a sugar group, the phosphate group and a base. Now base, if you're not aware, is also called alkaline. It's the opposite of acid, which is, if you go far enough out, alkaline, it is also corrosive, just as much as acid. Uh, the, 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 the base. And there are four different bases, uh, adenine, thiamine, guanine, and uh, cytosine, I believe, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, perhaps not. But here we have the Gattaca, right? This is what makes up our DNA, the caduceus, this is incredible. This is you want to talk about synchronicities. I was just last night, I was taking some notes and pertaining to this. Um, 
So this is very interesting, actually, and I think it's very appropriate for the, 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 this series. Um, according to, to Mr. Dan Winter in one of his older lectures, he is of the opinion, uh, actually, I think also there's, well, we have doctors in, in our own community that can substantiate this, that it is apparently clinically impossible to be what we call depressed if the spinal liquid is pumping healthily throughout the body. Now, what's interesting is that going back to that ac academic paper of um, remote intention, and the concept of biological non-locality, we find, you know, relative to harmonics, we find that, uh, again, this is not my, my discovery, but focused attention forces charge to compress, going back to the hugging, the concept of perception of the universe and all of that. But what's interesting about all of this is that, okay, I mean, you want to talk about synchronicities? I spent a, a handful of hours yesterday evening, late in the evening, uh, taking some notes from an academic paper on nanobioelectronics. And what's interesting is that when they talk about merging the, uh, the AI or the artificial uh, technological side of it with the quote-unquote organic side of it, the more naturally appearing the properties of the AI and the tech and the hardware are like the nanotech is to the organic cell based on the perception of the cone and the photonic light waves it's viewing it as the more synchronistic the nanotech becomes with the organic uh, cells in the body because it's about appearance of a pattern that can match its own and I just like in music when you like when you hum you, when you hum, going back to the video at the very beginning, you want to, if you're humming with a group of people, you want to do your best to, whether it's pre-planned or using intuition, hum in synchronicity with them, because by humming with them, it becomes stronger. So it gives the appearance that an information structure via harmonic vocal cords is disseminating the same uh, vibratory rate and scale that everybody else in the room is. From there, I'd love to go into egregores, but that's a, a different topic entirely where people start focusing their energies in particular well, directions. To, if I could say as well, too, to me, this speaks to the concept of whether it's with, you know, our DNA, our skin, tissues, frequencies, you name it. To me, this speaks on the concept of, you know, um, defining sort of... Um, natural versus unnatural properties, not just within the body and with nanotech, but even in life, right? Because again, if, if the artificial properties are composed of a substance that is a bit, uh, able to be manifested in this reality based on the 12 strand DNA holofractal morphogenetic archetype that we're in, uh, there comes a point where, and I'm not trying to uh, give any credence to nanotech or a artificial intelligence, but it just goes to show the, that mimicry, as Lou Elizondo said too, is very common in nature when he was asked about shape-shifting and all of this, right? Now, what's interesting though, is that, is it really shape-shifting or is it bending the photonic light waves at a, uh, at a nano scale or at, a, at what we would call a subatomic scale to appear that a shape-shifting is occurring, but just like when a craft seems to go through a solid surface, it's not really going through the solid surface. It's just avoiding a denser space-time metric. It could be doing that harmonically too. By everything's vibration, right? So everything's moving, right? We have the electron field, as they say, instead of just one particle, it, it, it's kind of non-local. It could be at all any and all places at any given time. Right. And right. As, as my understanding. Right. And if I could say quick, you see right here on your screen, Scott, from DNA to proteins, you see DNA, then an arrow to RNA, then an arrow to protein, transcription, uh, translation, the whole thing. 
we can use that as a literal or metaphorical example of our stick people where, for example, again, you want to talk about, uh, you know, um, the potential uh, planned obsolescence of knowledge in, in a negative sense. We've been told for years there's only or we're only familiar with DNA. Cut off anything else after that. It's the same thing. Right now, all of a sudden, RNA. Yeah. They talk about junk DNA. And if it was junk, it wouldn't be there. I'm I'm going to place, I'm just throwing, uh, this is going off of nothing here. I'm going to place a, a, a small little wager that in the coming months um, or years, if not days, the concept of 95% of our DNA is quote unquote junk DNA. That's going to drop to 90 to 85 to 80 because, you know, quote unquote, scientists are just now going to discover. Yeah. That's I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll throw down 20 bucks if anyone wants. <laughs> I, I wouldn't take your bet, bro. That's, <laughs> that's a, I'm not even on a gentleman's bet, which is just a handshake. No, bro, <laughs> no, no, that's a losing venture. So so the beauty of science is that it is supposed to not settle. It is supposed to be ever evolving based on the current understanding. So to say that this is the way it is is not entirely a scientific stance. And that's coming from a pseudoscientist. So everybody with a degree can poo-poo me. <laughs> you know, well, only, kind, sorry, Dan, please. The only thing that's constant is change. And it's like, we're on the wave, that rideable wave. And if you can't stop and just be in the same, it's you're in a different place if you're on a wave that's in motion. So I feel, yeah. It, it wants to appear that things are changing while truly stagnating the field. Go again, going back to the 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 the, the shapes of the uh, the jitterbug there of uh, topology, um, whether it's in a verbal sense, a sociological sense, a psychological, DNA, musical, harmonic. It's the same thing. There's an appearance of progress while stagnation is is really what's occurring because we've been cut off from those higher levels of, of acceleration, evolution, ascending, whatever you want to call it. To uh, hit the rewind button real quick. So where I got from this was because I was seeing bases, sugars, alkalines, they're all pentagons, right? And so from, uh, there's a gentleman, Ken Wheeler, who's got a really interesting YouTube channel. Um, Maybe I'll be able to drop that in the link later. Maybe not. His name's out there. I dropped it though. So that's important. He was talking about the water molecule, which is a hydrogen. And then from there, two oxygen molecules. And he was talking about from charge point to charge point on that initial heart hydrogen, it's 108 degrees. And so each angle on the Pentagon is 108 degrees on those little points. Then you have one, two, Three, but they kind of overlap at the same time, right? And then you start getting into the overlap. And if you were to actually have three of those charge points, you would have the hexagram, right? Which is a, uh, what, what is it, a 4D prism? Um, let's, let's jump back real quick here sure, so yeah. I can have proper nomenclature. Uh, the cubic prism, right? So you have six faces, right? Because right. if it's a pentagon, it, there's overlap, it gets weird. But yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with a lot of that stuff. Let's see here. Uh, the entire solar system may exist in a giant magnetic tunnel that I think speaks a little bit more towards the toroid than it does the cylinder. Um, the Daimler Chrysler. Here we go again. There, there, there's, there's five prisms. So could you right go right, right back to the cylinder thing quickly? 
Um, uh, this this one or the this one, yeah. Uh, there you no, go. Sorry, no the the article. Oh, uh, move up or down? Uh, no, no the um the previous are there. We go. Perfect. University of Toronto suggests distant space structures are connected by magnetized filaments. Filaments, the same thing as you know firmament. That's the same concept of some type of space between space limitation, but rather is maybe just a, a not not a legitimate limitation, but rather an, an, a perceptual one due to the light wave spectrum being bent, spliced, whatever you want to call it. Jennifer West is a research scientist at the U, at UFT's Dunlap Institute for Astronomy and Astrophysics. Interesting. I, I bet you $20 she's smarter than I am. <laughs> I can figure this stuff out. Come on, man. I'm a high school dropout. It can't be that hard. I, I, dude, I barely made it through <laughs> high school. I mean, uh, you and everyone you know live inside a massive magnetic, ton hmm. magnetic you think that tunnel. Speaks to the electric universe theory as well. The, like the idea that there's like the Birkeley currents that everything's connected instead of all separate. I think it, I it personally, I, I would agree with that. And to add to that, I think it speaks to the, the transition states of the of different nodes. And again, different nodes uh, or different points in what geometry. Thank you. Just my opinion. But that's one of uh, many. Um, if we could see radio light, she says we, we could we would see this bright stuff stretching all the way across the sky in several different directions, sort of like Mr. Tom Matt's view of when he can see time getting thicker or thinner. That's substantiated now by Nicholas Jisson's uh, thick time that he, I think, postulated in the 80s and the University of Geneva, Switzerland, which is coincidentally, or not so coincidentally, right where CERN is, or is CERN, and in a lot of different, one could, could argue. Huh. Our, our limited vision may or may not be actually a blessing. So, uh, yeah, you know, the, there's also this animal called the, uh, the mantis shrimp. And apparently this thing is able to, uh, oops, excuse me, let, me, let me refine this a little bit. That vision in there. Um, this thing can see X-ray, radio waves, cancer, like all kinds of crazy shit. Um, and it can also strike with a force so fast underwater that it vaporizes water and turns it into gases. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I, I got to jump in real quick about that Man, about the mantis shrimp vision, shrimp vision. Okay. If I'm wrong, tell me. No, 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 no. I want to add to what you're saying. Okay, a couple different things came to mind immediately. We have, okay, there. it's been alleged, I will not say unless I've seen it myself, it's been alleged that the mantids or the praying mantis-looking beings are above the greys uh, in this sort of chain of command because, again, one of the things they've been known to be viewed as is they have a generally, uh, they're wearing a robe and they have this kind of lamp that disseminates light waves that that gives this elusive feeling of comfortability, warmth, or whatever they want you to feel, and their faces can change based on what they want you to see, sort of like ink blots, depending on, you know, that's why they say the phenomenon is very adaptive based on your inf in informational structural perception of the photons getting into into our eyes now what's interesting however is that to speak on this if we remember staff sergeant clifford stone stating at the 2001 national press club conference that one of the issues that troubled the scientific community uh, was that all the beings that they cataloged were 
what we call humanoid or bipedal or asymmetrical. And I think that's needed because of the dualistic geometric uh, archetype or blueprint that we're in. So it's almost like when you enter a video game, you have to set up your avatar to suit the environment of that game. So it's like, right, using going back to the, the guitar neck, string vibration, harmonics, going back to the very the video we watched at the very beginning, it's almost as if, again, the, the, these mantid beings are utilizing a sort of avatar that suits them in a way that going back to the, the biology and DNA of things has something within potentially its subatomic cell structure in the mantid family that allows whether, you know, praying mantises, you name it, as we know it, that allows them to be able to have sort of a different perspective or perception in this reality simulation dim dimension, whatever you want to call it that creates that type of, um, uh, let's, while humans have three different types of these light detecting cells, mantis shrimps have a whopping 12. That, oh my gosh, and if a mantis shrimp is, mantis shrimp is designed based on the architect or blueprint of morphogenetic holofractals that we allegedly live in, that would make sense. You take, if you are a more superior being that wants to enter, let's just say for the sake of this example, the video game, you scale up an animal that can do more things frequentially in that game than the test subjects you want to observe. And so and you, yeah. It has four times the visual capability we do. And if is... it has four times the visual capability, it could see light spectrums and waves that we can't outside of the five observables. Yeah, yeah. You think cats can see weird shit? I, I can't imagine what these things can see whoa so yeah whoa 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 i'm i'm yeah. i, I want to thank you so much for i didn't mean to cut you guys off but wow yeah bro i mean this is all an adventure together this is what it's about learning and growing wow this that's an interesting correlation the fact that what we see as as they say we get our best tricks from nature so why would this be any different Nature's got so much cool shit. Oh my god. Animal Planet's dope for those of you who don't watch it. Um, but yeah, that's that's more or less the scope of uh the kind of topics that I wanted to cover today. Um that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can uh we can wrap it up if you guys like because we've covered so much. I don't know if Dan, if you wanted to bring up anything else, but um I think we covered a very good spectrum and uh we're approaching the uh the 90 minute mark, I believe. So, just that's to thank you to you guys and just this is you got to take the opportunity for everybody to digest and filter this right. through. Yeah. yeah. Take your time. I want to say as well, I think I speak on behalf of Dan and Scott when I say that um or when we say very kindly, it may be uh, inc helpful to re-listen or re-watch this episode because there's so much that we we delved into. Now, Scott and Dan and, and myself, our, our minds, as, as many of you guys in the Patreon, uh, tend to work rather quickly and, and move quickly. So forgive us if we seem scattered when we didn't think we were or it, more so myself or any of that. But again, playing this over a second time, I don't think we'll do, um, do any harm, that's for sure. So I promise yeah. I'm going to watch it a few times because I guarantee there's going to be things that I presented that I missed. Um, it never hurts to go back over things, especially if you're willing to digest things from a different angle or right. 
or prism yeah exactly or or prism as the or what we call um user interface parting thought right so you have the pentatonic scale which is our five base right what if polarity is the last two right you have positive and negative from either end so you have five scales and then the electrical separation of plasma positive and negative on each end either end i don't know which huh and then there would be a a binding of that or at least an illusion of of, of said binding to give or what if it's magnetic instead of electric positive and negative north south or it's it's both and neither electromagnetic at of spooky action at a distance could just again exploring yeah i don't know the the thing that i find both most satisfying and most frustrating about these ventures is that no matter how far i get all i get is more questions that's the best thing about all of this. That's that's what I love because it just creates more of a, in a good way, that ripple effect. Just like when you string a chord on a guitar, right? It, it spreads throughout the house that you're playing it in or the environment. It's like, oh, what sound is that? Play some more. It just keeps going. Right. But guys, if you could, um, if, you, if there's any last uh, final words you guys want to say before we wrap this up and I'll, uh, I'll uh, get this processed and uh, uploaded ASAP. Thank you for uh, spending two hours either listening or watching to us. I appreciate that. If you want to find me, it's Curiosus Animus on Twitter or WTFIRGO5 on Instagram. What the fuck is really going on five? Yeah, that's me. Nice. And yourself, Dan? Just thank you guys for having me. This is an honor. Um, DC plays guitar on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll catch you all uh, very, very soon. Cheers, everybody.